QP Nation, your boys are weary. We have been working around the clock um, on draft stuff, NBA draft stuff. But today is Football Friday, and this is the AFC South preview. Um, joining me today is Kyler Copeland. KC, what's up? What's going on, man? I'm happy to be here. Um, this is a interesting division, to say the least. So uh, I'm excited to be here to preview the AFC South, man. I mean, I guess let's start with the news that just broke today. Carson Wentz apparently has some sort of foot injury. At first, it was indefinitely out indefinitely. Now, there are reports that it's a little more serious. And Kyler, what was the last thing you got from Michael Silver? Yeah, so Mike Silver reported that the Colts are bracing for Carson Wentz to undergo surgery on this injured foot. Uh, we obviously uh, we know Carson Wentz has an injury history in his past. It started with the ACL in Philadelphia in his near MVP season. And so it's concerning for sure, um, and it's a downgrade for the Colts' outlook, especially if it's as severe as they're making it out to be. So as far as fantasy is concerned, right, because this is your uh, up your alley, right, the running back – how do you even um, grade their team? I'm looking at everything they have right now. Oh, I, if you're talking about like receivers and things, you know, and the running game, you got Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan you got Marlon Taylor. Mack. Yeah. You got Marlon Mack coming back from a torn Achilles. They re-signed him. Naheem Hines at the backfield to catch. Uh, the receivers are pretty thin. You got Michael Pittman, sophomore at a USC. You know, T.Y. Hilton's pretty old. Uh, Paris Campbell, who hasn't played much due to injury, but he's shown some flashes. Uh, Zach Pascal coming back. Um, you got Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox at tight end. So it's okay receivers, but nothing special. And from a fantasy perspective, like you said, like it's a downgrade for everyone. Carson Wentz wasn't stellar, but it's what Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger coming in at quarterback now. My man Don't out of Texas. It. Yeah. <laughs> Let the Ellinger era begin. Yeah, man. It's. It's looking rough in Indianapolis. Obviously, it's a downgrade in fantasy for everybody involved. Uh, if there's one guy, I guess, that I'm still going to take, and really the only guy that I still want, it is Jonathan Taylor, because at this point, they're going to be running him to the ground this year. <laughs> like, right? It has to be like, he has to average some like 20-something carry, like 26, 28. 26. Right? He right. might average 35. I don't know. I mean, I was thinking that. I didn't want to say it out loud, but. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, oh, what is about to happen here? Man, Jonathan Taylor, I don't know if you've ever seen the meme when the Popeye's chicken sandwich was hot and they had the, it was the employee that was sitting on the bench just like, uh, just exhausted. (laughs) That's going to be Jonathan Taylor this season by like week four, averaging 35 (laughs) carries a game and six catches because their only passing game is throwing him the ball. Right. Shout so. out to the pop culture reference by Casey. That was great. Yes. All right. <laughs> I mean, literally, their preview is literally changed. I mean, I can't go through it the way I wanted to go through it because just all the uncertainty in the air, you know, we have no idea how serious it is. It seems very serious. If he's going to have surgery, it does like six weeks seems like. We're asking a lot. Right. We're asking a lot. I mean, if they can ease back by midseason, 
you kind of try to hold it together. I mean, the division's not great. Hold it together. Even if you're like a game or two under 500, and then you're hoping that Carson Wentz is that guy and can propel you to the playoffs. That's a big ask. Yeah, it really is. And like, you're counting on young quarterbacks to, I don't want to say carry because they have other things in this team that I like that we'll get to in a second. But it really is asking a lot for these guys to step into a team that is trying to contend in the playoffs in the AFC. And, you know, a lot of people have them winning the division. Um, and now that this injury is there, it's a lot, it's a lot to ask, man. So it's going to be really tough for the Colts. I believe in Frank Reich as a coordinator to try to scheme up something to get this offense to work. So I don't think it's going to be a complete disaster, but it's, it's going to be really tough. It, it's going to be a, a challenge to score touchdowns. I think this year challenges is, is, is not the word. What in the questions that I had written down before this uh, situation came about was, are there enough weapons outside? And now it's, like I said, the offense has to be completely revamped to work for Eason or Ellinger, depending on who they want to go with at quarterback. You're right. The running back situation is, is literally, that's what they're going to lean on. They got to lean on the run game, which here's the one thing. They do have a really good offensive line. I mean, I think personally for me, they're top three offensive lines in the league, correct? Uh, they're up there for sure. They did lose Anthony Costanzo uh, to retirement in the offseason. They signed Eric Fisher, but he's coming off an injury, so that's a little questionable. Uh, they signed Sam Tevy from the Chargers, who's you know just a plug-and-play guy. So left tackle is a bit of a question. But Quentin Nelson, to me, is the best lineman in the league, and they've got a lot of other pieces around him. They just extended Braden Smith. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, I did, sir. But, he got the yeah, bag. So he got four he years, $72.4 million, sir. I was on that situation. I even had that in the notes. Now, yeah. I wasn't a fan of Jake Eason um, in Washington. Uh, I was not a fan. Tell me what Indianapolis fans can, can – of what you've seen of them. Is this a guy that can just keep them afloat? Uh, I think he could be in best case scenario, I think for this season is he just, you know, he doesn't make enough mistakes and he's more conservative to where he, you know, can win them some games, not because of him, but more so just, you know, making sure that he doesn't turn the ball over, make dumb rookie mistakes. Um, but I think there is a chance that he steps in and he's just a disaster and that they bench him for Sam Ellinger, who I don't love either, but you know, Ellinger might just be a change of pace at some point throughout the season. So I don't think you're expecting Jacob Beeson to come in and be Dak Prescott or anything. No, sir. I would not expect that no, at all. Sir. Yeah, especially with the lack of weapons. So I think if I'm the Colts, I would just lean on the running game, the defense, and hope that the quarterback play is okay enough to still win them some games. Well, let's talk about the, the other side of the wall, okay? They drafted the kid out of Michigan. Quitty pay. I mean, and you got a, a year with DeForest Buckner back. Grover Stewart. Tyquan Lewis is at the other side of the edge. Darius Leonard, to me, is 
their best linebacker. I'm not I'm not sold on Zaire Franklin. I'm not sold on Matthew Adams. And and their their secondary is okay. I'm really having a hard time now with them. I mean, I was having a hard time even with Wentz there. It was gonna be a proven year for him. Unless it's so we overblown the story and it's a minor situation and this dude is back by like week four. That's the only way I think that this season goes anywhere where they thought it was going to be. Right? I think they had mm-hmm. aspirations of contending for the division, being a playoff team, and right now, as presently constituted, this team, to me, is not a playoff team. Right. I think I agree. I will give some credit to the defense of a couple guys that I like a little more than a, than a lot of other people, I guess. Uh, I'm really high on Bobby Okariki as a linebacker. I think he can really emerge as a younger guy. Uh, I really like what I saw. What do you like about Bobby? I mean, he's just, he's a rangy linebacker, you know, he's got the athletic tools to really, you know, move around the field and, you know, play in the run. Uh, He's, you know, he's still young, so he's developing in coverage, but I think he can be a plus zone coverage linebacker. Um, And so I really like whatever he brings to the team. And I think he'll develop a lot. Uh, I like Julian Blackman, what I saw from him in his rookie season at safety. Uh, I think Kenny Moore is one of the best nickel corners in the league at what he does. And so I think there's a lot of pieces that can really fit together. It's not a lot of big names. Even DeForest Buckner isn't a huge name, but he's so underrated. I love DeForest Buckner. I love him. He's fantastic. I love as much as I hate the 49ers because I'm a Ram fan. I'm a big fan of DeForest Buckner. I like that kid a lot. Right. He's excellent. Um, and they also drafted Rock Yasin in a corner last year who could take a step up. Um, okay. So there's some Let's pieces. Talk about that real quick. Yes. I believe that Rock Yasin, this is a proven year because I believe this is year three for him, actually. Oh, right. Um, it's year three, it's year three. Yeah. So he gets burnt. Um, he has to step up this year. I, I know they loved him. And I'm always going to go with Ballard on trades or, or in, in trades and anything that he does in the front office. But this guy right here to me is the linchpin of that secondary. And what I mean by that is that his success is going to determine what coverages they can run. Do they have to put a, do they have to put a single high safety back there? Is there a safety always going to be, on, on top of him, as far as that's concerned, can they do more exotic things because he's locked down some of his man-to-man, or if you're going to play zone, he's going to have to understand the principles of the zone and not gamble, because that's a problem with him, correct? Yes. Um, that's an issue for sure. Could that just be a young corner thing, maybe? But you're right that he does gamble a lot, but I think you know, A, if he learns to be a little more disciplined, or B, Sometimes a lot of these wins can be determined based off luck. If he gambles and he gambles right a few more times than he has before, that can be a difference in a game you win versus a game you lose if he gets a pick versus, you know, getting torched. And so, you know, you could get lucky with that. Absolutely. I think we have more questions than answers with Indianapolis right now. And what I'm going to do this time that I didn't do previous in the 
previous previews is I'm going to wait to the end to give my prediction as far as what their win total is going to be. And then I'm going to just break it down, like go one, th- you know, probably four through one and do it that way. So okay. let's move on to probably the favorites in the division. And last year I was wrong. Tyler, I'm going to tell you right now, I was like, there's no way they can run it back. There's there's no way. Mm-hmm. I was like, this, you're going to run the football, all this. Derrick Henry is going to be exactly the same as he was the year before. And Tennessee went out and proved me wrong. Now, I'm looking at the team this year, right? And I don't – here's the thing. You got Julio Jones. Now, I'm going to give you a stat – or actually, I'm going to give you something that I unearthed. Did you know that Vegas has people that do like – um, they have like percentages on injury risk? And they have Julio Jones as a 83% injury risk for this season. Damn. Okay. Um, listen, Julio Jones healthy, one of the best to ever do it, right? Uh, spectacular athlete, great, um, great 50-50 ball guy, um, great routes, explosive catch the ball at the high point, all of these things. My problem, Kyler, and I'm keep on coming back to is is he going to give Tennessee 14, 13 to 14 games and then roll into the playoffs healthy? That's my question. Right. And there is that concern with Julio, and that's why, you know, at first whenever he had the trade request, I was like, ooh, the Patriots can get Julio Jones, that'd be awesome. And then I realized, you know, what it would take. And it's like, well, do I really want to trade a second and a fourth for Julio Jones? And, you know, we do have a history of trading second round picks for Mohamed Sanu. But even still, <laughs> I would I would rather not give up that much draft capital for Julio Jones. And so that's also why I'm not super high on him in fantasy is because of that injury history. And he's going from a high uh, volume passing game to a team that's more run heavy. And so even if he does play, four games, which I think he does have a chance to. Um, he's not going to get as many looks. I think they might uh, – well, not even might. I bet pretty decent money that he'd have a lower snap count this year than he has in years past whenever he's on the field. Um, he doesn't have to do as much because they have A.J. Brown. They have that play-action passing game with Ryan Tannehill. Um, but you're right. The injury concern is there, and I don't think it propels them into a Super Bowl contender like Titans Twitter would tell you. All right, here's the other thing, um, and, and maybe this is me having blue and gold glasses on, so to speak, but Josh Reynolds didn't get a lot of burn in Los Angeles. That kid can catch the football. And mm-hmm. when was when he was targeted, he caught him. And he's he's a big, rangy kid. He's like a 6'2 wide receiver. He seems big. He plays bigger than that, so that's a good insurance policy if there's an issue with Julio. So I like that pickup. Now here's the thing behind that, and also the loss of Johnu Smith, and also the loss of their offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. With all of that upheaval, 
What's your thoughts on Tannehill, this offense? We're, I mean, here's the thing. Are we in agreement they're going to basically run it back the way they did last year, right? I, I mean, it's going to be run heavy, play action pass, get the ball downfield. I mean, it's the same offense. There's no real difference. So continuity will be there. But the losing Johnu Smith was probably huge for them, right? Uh, yeah, I agree. It was weird. I'll tell you this. As a Johnu Smith fantasy owner last year, they did a weird thing where the first half of the season, he was awesome. And then the rest of the season, they did tight end by committee. They had, you know, Anthony Ferks or Joff Swaim or Jeff Swaim or however you pronounce that. If you remember him from his Cowboys and Jaguars days, oh, for some reason. Yes, yeah, not great. <clears throat> yeah, but they kept giving him burn. And, you know, there were games where he'd lead the tight end group in receiving yards and targets. And so it is a big loss. Appreciate him coming to the Patriots. I love me some Johnny Smith. Um, I'm high on him for, with the Patriots. <laughs> he's fantastic. He can block, he can catch. He's great. Um, so it is a big loss. Um, but I agree. I'm high on Josh Reynolds. And the thing with Tannehill and this passing game that Arthur Smith has developed, I don't think they need, you know, this all-world receiving core to make the offense work, right? And even with last year and the years before that, um, they've had A.J. Brown, and, you know, they've had Corey Davis. Corey Davis, I actually think, would be more of a concern for the passing game specifically than Jonu Smith. Um, But, you know, you have Julio Jones, and you're hoping he can step into the Corey Davis role effectively and healthily, I guess. Um, but after that, you know, you'd have Khalif Raymond getting pretty decent snaps. Um, you'd have, uh, Cameron Batson, I believe was his name, getting some decent snaps last year. And so it's never been a super deep receiving core. I actually think it's deeper this year than it has been in the past couple seasons. I agree. So I'm not as concerned about that as, uh, as you would think with their losses. I do have one question. They have to be a candidate for uh, late preseason cuts on tight ends, right? They for sure. I, I mean, I'm looking at it, and Exer, Swain. I mean, this is not Murderer's Row on the tight end group at all, and they used the tight ends so well last year. I would think they would have went out and got somebody that they could target to kind of ease the the Jonu Smith thing. And I know what you said. They went to tight end by committee, and maybe that's how they get it done now. But it just it just seems weird that you don't replace it a little bit. Like you don't go out and get like you don't have to go get another Jonu Smith, but Maybe you being on Ertz, who looks like he's staying in Philadelphia for some reason. That was weird, that story that came out earlier in the week. So let's move on to the other side of the wall for them. Um, here's the thing that I love about them. Tennessee have taken risks in the last three or four drafts with their, with their defense, okay? Um, the Simmons kid. Um, Harold Landry, everybody balked on that one. He's hit. Um, and they did it this year again. They went out and got really, to me, if he's healthy, 
if it all works out and the medicals and he gets his back right, Taleb Farley is a great cornerback, but it's the injury history that is a little shaky and has people wondering. But my thing is, is that Tennessee has taken this dude, this type of dude, probably three out of the last five years, and they all hit. So they know something down there, and I almost want to give them the benefit of the doubt because of that. But it was a risk taking Farley. But if it hits, that's a great value, and that would definitely solidify that secondary. Right, I agree. I love the Caleb Farley pick, especially for a team trying to compete for the playoffs and a team that needed a difference maker in the secondary, especially at the corner position. I love the pick. I think it made a lot of sense for them. And if he is healthy, you're right. He'd make an impact even from day one if he can come in and play well. Um, and they, you know, they made some additions through the offseason. Nothing like crazy, no big splashes. But they did add a couple of things. You know, they got Danico Autry and Janoris Jenkins as fill-in pieces on the defense. And uh, it's tough for them to be worse than last year. Their defense was not very good last year. Oh, it they let up a lot of yards a lot of points so they're hoping to get better and i think that they can um but i'm still not super high on this defense i like kevin byard at safety a lot he gets a lot of interceptions a big difference maker playmaker on the ball um but there's no like stud pass rusher i like harold landry but is he going to be his dominant pass rusher that gets you know 12 13 sacks i don't really know um I think it'll be better than last year, but I don't think it's going to be a top 15 defense. No. And that's my question. This is what makes this division so hard. Because here's the thing. When you had John New Smith and you had Corey Davis, you had, and I know I, it sounds like I'm down on Julio because I'm not. There was an element of just explosiveness. And if they got a 7 to 10 point lead, that's when they could pin their ears back and go, right? And that's when you get the best out of Landry and, you know, that defense. It, they don't have an all-world, like, edge rusher. They do not. It's, it's pressure by committee, right? So if that's the case, they have to rely on their running game. They have to get up 10, 13 points, and then they got to – pin their ears back and hope for the best when it comes to it. I think this team has a ceiling. I, I pretty much believe they're going to go to the playoffs. We'll, we'll save the prediction to the end, but I don't see them being like this huge factor in the playoffs. I just don't think they have enough. And, uh, you know, you know, in the NFL, those windows is, is not for long. So, there, there's, there's a trade or something that they have to do to really get themselves in the like the, the top echelon of what I would consider the AFC. Right, I agree. Um, and I think you worded it very well when you said that this team for sure has a ceiling. Can they make the playoffs? Absolutely. It's a weaker division, and they have enough pieces to make the playoffs. Can they win a playoff game? Sure, you got Derrick Henry can run for 250 yards if he so pleases. Um, 
but you know, as far as if they're really going to make that next step into AFC Championship or Super Bowl berth, I'm not sure either. So uh, I'm not going to spoil my prediction, but um, I think those thoughts will be reflected in both of our record predictions. All right, now we're going to move on to like, in a sense, to me, the you know what I'm gonna go a different direction. I'm going to talk about Houston now, and I'm going to save the Jacks for last. I'm going to to call it audible down. Okay, here's the thing. I've been reluctant to talk about it on this podcast, but, you know, the elephant in the room is Deshaun Watson, okay? Um, I don't know if he's playing football this year. Now, here's what I'll say about it. If if the allegations are true, this is a horrific situation, not just for the Texans, but for uh, women out there. Um, it's never right to impose your will on somebody. And this is allegedly, okay? You know, I'm definitely going to throw that out there. But it, it's caused such a... <clears throat> Just, I have no idea what this team is doing right now. And I think the Deshaun Watson thing reflects it, and then all their subsequent moves after. Because the draft was, I mean, they started off in the third round. Let's, I mean, that Lar- that Laramie Tunsil deal is like the, is the gift that keeps on giving. I tell you. <laughs> I mean, I'm so... I'm just I'm so blown away by just the mismanagement of you know Bill O'Brien and what he was doing in his regime. Now they moved on. Cesario is a great guy. Uh, Cesario is a is a well organized guy, and I almost wonder if he just said, you know what, we're going to clear the decks, we're going to tank, we're just going to tank. It's not going to be a great season. We don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. We have a terrible offensive line. I've you know, I've done the scouting. You know, I used to be in New England. I'm a great Italian talent evaluator. Um, we're just going to tank. Next year is our year that we start to rebuild this team. Because honestly, to tell you the truth, you tell me who's on this team. That's a difference maker. J.J. Watt is gone. Deshaun Watson can't play. Allegedly. Laramie Thompson was still out on as a left as a left tackle. Um, David Johnson is penciled to be their starting running back, and I'm just I don't see it. I think the only piece they have on defense, personally, is um, merciless. And by the way, let the Tyrod Taylor era. In Houston, begin. Yeah. Um, here's my thoughts on this Texan team, right? Um, you live there, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chill out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're ass. This team sucks. It blows. There's no way around it. They suck. Um, and you know, I will give the defense a little more credit. First of all, Whitney Merciless is old and kind of washed. So I'm not huge on Whitney Merciless, but they have Zach Cunningham who's okay. They have Justin Reed, who's a solid safety. Bradley Roby does his thing at corner. Um, not saying it's a great defense. The defense is going to be ass, but 
Um, and on offense, besides Wasp, I think the only guy that you can say is a difference maker is Brandon Cooks. I like Brandon Cooks a lot. Maybe this is my Patriot bias because he did really well for us. But Cooks, I think, is very underrated. Um, concussions. That's my question with him. Yeah, he does get concussions. But when he's on the field, he's very good, in my opinion. Um, the running back room, I don't really get it. Philip Lindsay, if we're being honest, should probably be the starter. Yes, sir. Um, shout out to Rex Burkhead. Shout out to Rex Burkhead. That's my guy. Love me some Rex Burkhead. Um, Burkhead propaganda. Yes. Oh, we need, I will say before he got hurt last season, Rex Burkhead was having a career year. I will say that Rex Burkhead, so good. Um, <laughs> I I just had to put that out there. You you slandered the whole running back group, and it's like, hey, hold on now. They got. They got Christian McCaffrey 2.0 here in this running back room. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> oh my God! Just, <laughs> just wanted you to know. Um, but yeah, the offensive line isn't great. Laramie Tunsil's a solid tackle, but A is not worth the price, and B he holds a shit ton. He holds so much; it's ridiculous. Um, I think that David Colley is a is a placeholder. I I I, I just don't see right now what's going on. With that team, I think there'll be more of a there'll be more of a kind of direction once we get through this season, Houston. And last year, I was hard on you guys just because of Bill O'Brien. Here's the one thing that I will leave Houston with. And uh, Kyler was there last night. The Rockets had a hell of a draft, bro. Yes, <laughs> they had a hell of a draft. Houston, listen, just do this. Get into Cougar football, right? Get into that. You know, get hyped up about Houston Cougar football. You know, enjoy the last couple years of Texas, Oklahoma in the Big 12, right? But then, listen, September, middle September, you can start looking at the Houston Rockets. You know, go that route. Just, yeah, I think that's the route that you look at some some positivity and some 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 sort of direction with one of your franchises down there. So that's that I guess that's the sunny side of the street for Houston. Um obviously they're not a playoff team. I mean let's just be real like you said they're ass. Okay. Um it's really tank for whomever is the best guy going into next year's draft. I mean, it's like they need talent all over the board. It doesn't matter whether it's a defensive end, a cornerback, offensive line, a dynamic a quarterback, a dynamic wide receiver. It doesn't matter. They need it all. So acquire as have the low have the lowest wins possible. Get the first pick, and then let's start building from there. And that mean literally to me, that's exactly where they're at. Like I don't see any surprises. Like the kid out of Stanford, like I'm not sold on that cat at all. David Mills, I mean, really? We're this is where we're going with this. I mean, it's it's a mess down there. All right. Now that we're done with Houston, let's get to the fun, the fun team, Kyler. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. They might be the funnest team in this division. 
And the the reason for it is is there's there's a lot going on there. First of all, let's start off with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, a great college coach, probably not the greatest human being on the face of the planet. See University of Florida. See University of Ohio State. All right. Yeah. I don't know if his. Now we have a lot more college stuff that's in the NFL now. I I want to see him on the sidelines being a CEO of an NFL team. That's a little bit different than telling 19-year-olds, listen, I'll take your scholarship away if you don't blow up this offensive line or or whatever, or you don't stick your foot in the ground on an eight-yard out and, and, you know, you don't really go for it. You know, these type of things he could do at Ohio State and Florida and get away with it. But now you're talking to grown men that are making like, you know, eight, nine million dollars. So we'll see how that all goes. I did like them getting Bevel out of Detroit, the offensive coordinator. I did like that move. And now let's talk about the players. And we got to start off with the number one overall selection in the NFL draft is Trevor Lawrence. Okay, here's my thoughts, and I'm going to ask you yours. I think Trevor was a was an excellent pick. I think Trevor might struggle in the NFL a little bit because from talent evaluators that I talked to, I said, listen, I know all the stuff that he supposedly has. The arm, you know, has great mobility, um, great leader. But tell me something that he doesn't do. And what I had a couple people tell me is that he is a half a field reading type of guy. He can't read the whole field yet. So that's the development piece with him this year. Casey, what's your thoughts on the number one overall selection for the Jaguars? Right. Um, I think his reading the field criticism is fair that you just gave. I think that's very fair for sure. But he has all of the arm talents and tools to be a special, special prospect from what we saw at Clemson. You know, and he's got, you know, it's not like he's stiff in the pocket. He's got some mobility. He can run a little bit, not as much as, you know, Trey Lance or Justin Fields, I would say. But Trevor Lawrence can run. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I think all of the things that are weaknesses in his game right now can be coached out of them. You know, there's certain prospects where they'll have certain things in their game that you just can't really coach. You know, Trevor Lawrence has the arm that you can't really coach, right? He's got special, special arm talent. Um, And I think him with Urban Meyer, I'm not super certain just yet that Urban Meyer will translate as a coach as far as winning, but I think it can translate into Trevor Lawrence having an easier transition into the NFL. Um, And so I think his rookie season, I think he'll look more pro-ready than any of the other rookie quarterbacks this season. And so, uh, obviously, I'm not going to say, oh, they should have took this guy. Trevor Lawrence was obviously the pick. Right. Um, and so, uh, and I'm not going to be a guy that's like, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust or whatever. I like Trevor Lawrence a lot as a prospect. And if they use him correctly and if they surround him with good pieces, which they're starting to do, I think he'll have a great NFL career. And let's talk about those pieces, right? 
you got the you got the three wide receivers on the outside. You got DJ Chark. You got the free agent out of Detroit, Marvin Jones. And the, the guy that I really like is the second-year guy, LaVisca Chenault Jr. I think he's promising. I saw him I saw him in Colorado. I think he has a lot of like yards after catch ability. I think that at some point we're gonna see a breakout year. I think this actually might be the year. And I think he could be like a, a, a eight touchdown guy, bro. I am I'm really high on him. Yeah, I uh, I agree. This receiving core is great. DJ Chark, very underrated. Marvin Jones, which you talked about as an addition. I think Marvin Jones is very underrated. I love Marvin Jones. I was rooting for him to come to the Patriots. I wanted him so bad. I'm not going to lie. Nelson Aguilar. Huh, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> Why? Yeah, Why did we, I get that we need guys that can separate, but Marvin Jones is just better. Yeah. But, yeah. Man, Marvin Jones by the way, will always have one game a season where he'll randomly just get four touchdowns for no fucking reason. I don't know why, but it happens every time. Um, so, you know, you'll get one game where Marvin Jones will just pop off for 175 yards and four touchdowns. So look out for that in daily fantasy. Um, you know, they got Colin Johnson, who, hot take, I think will move to tight end at some point in his career. Oh, really? Um, I think so. I think he's got that type of build. We're seeing, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, Jordan Matthews, and all these things doing that. And Colin Johnson has a similar build. Um, and, you know, it's a crowded receiving core. I love LaVisca Chanel in fantasy and in real uh, football this year. Um, they signed Philip Dorsett. Uh, they drafted Jalen Camp. Uh, they got Laquan Treadwell, I guess. Um, so Colin Johnson might move to tight end to be a difference maker there. Um, but this is a young, up-and-coming receiving court that I think I think they're building it the right way with a veteran guy, Marvin Jones, that can teach the young guys and then a group of young guys that can grow with Trevor Lawrence and build the chemistry over the years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and even it's not like the, the offensive line is terrible. You know, we're right. still trying to figure out what Cam Johnson is, right? But I think that uh, – Juwan Taylor on the other side is pretty solid. You know, it's it's not great, but it's not it's not terrible. And if you can get Trevor Lawrence to get the ball out early and not hold it, because that's the one thing that he does. They're gonna have to beat that out of him. Is that sometimes if his first read is not exactly open, going to that second read, there's a slow transition to that second read. And third read. Now that's that's gonna just take reps, right? He's young, you know. Even though he's he was a three year starter at Clemson, these are nuances of the game that you have to learn at the NFL level. And what a great spot to do it in with three really good dynamic receivers, I think personally. And then what you have out of the backfield, um, you're looking at. James Robinson, who came out of nowhere. And then they drafted his teammate, Travis Etienne. So tell me about the backs and what you think they can do in fantasy and what you think they can do in real life. Right. So I'll start from a fantasy perspective. It's very interesting. Uh, like you said, James Robinson, as an undrafted free agent last year, came out of nowhere after he got rid of Leonard Fournette. And he was stellar. He was awesome. I had James Robinson last year in a couple leagues. Helped me get very far in the fantasy playoffs, um, as well as pretty much everyone else that picked him up. He's fantastic. 
Um, drafting Travis ATN does hurt his outlook. Um, ATN, I think, is going to be in his first season. That guy that's more of, I don't want to say a gadget player because he's more than a gadget guy. But he does, if you look at Urban Meyer's offense at Ohio State, he does have one running back that he uses more with tricky sort of unique plays. And I think ATN's going to be that guy. So he's the NFL NFL version of Florida Percy Harvin. Yes, I think so. And, you know, I'm not saying he's going to have the same success as Florida Percy Harvin. Florida Percy Harvin was different. Legend. Gainesville legend. Yeah, he was he was ridiculous. Um, so he's probably going to be more of a pass catching, you know, touch pass kind of guy that they find unique ways to get the ball to him. While James Robinson and Carlos Hyde uh, carry more of the goal line early down work. Um, you know, Robinson and ATN, I think, are interesting picks at their value. ATN, I think, has more upside because, uh, you know, it's a PPR league. He has points per reception and he's got chemistry with. Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think James Robinson's value has completely tanked, although it has obviously gotten worse. Um, and before we move on to the defense, by the way, there's a very important piece of this offense that we have not mentioned, and I want to make sure it does get mentioned. Um, when this first happened, I said it was dumb, but now because it's funny, I'm here to spread propaganda. It's propaganda time here on Football Friday. Uh, I, I don't know about this, so I'm excited. So Lay it on us. It's propaganda time, Vince. Not only is it propaganda time, it's Tebow time. (laughs) (laughs) We got our first Tebow reference. Tim Tebow season in Duval. (laughs) I can't wait till Gardner Minshew and Tim Tebow hang out together. That That is my dream come true. I want a reality series with Gardner Minshew. Why are they not on Hard Knocks? I don't Could know. Could you imagine Gardner Minshew, like, swapping life stories with Tim Tebow? Right. That'd be hilarious. Fun fact, by the way, while I was doing my research um, for ADPs for the fantasy show, right? Did you know? Let's talk. Okay. Buffalo Bills have a tight end named Dawson Knox, right? Young like tight kid. end. Love that kid. Hasn't done a lot in the NFL as far as production but he can do a lot he's a young tight end that could break out right sounds like a decent fantasy tight end he's being drafted lower than tim tebow that's that's (laughs) see that's slander (laughs) this dude hasn't played football in what five six years bro like he was in patriots camp he was in jets camp like what about four years ago something like that it wasn't on the eagles yeah yeah, was he? Didn't he like take his shirt off in the rain? It became like this huge like media swarm. I think so. Yeah, I was like oh, something God. like that. And not okay. Not only has he not played five uh, or played football in five or six years, right? He hasn't played tight end ever. No, no. <laughs> it, like, it just like it makes no sense. Listen, KC. You know, I tell you all the time. I'm a faithful follower of Christ. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, that's the only way that man's going to be a really good tight end in this league. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, if 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 Jesus Christ wants to come, if, if Jesus Christ wants, wants to make his presence felt, if Tebow turns out to be a starting tight end in this league, I know everything and anything is possible. I yes, I will say this, right? 
listen, I, I'm okay. Tebow propaganda aside for a quick second. If Tebow actually does anything in the NFL, even make it out of training camp, I'll be surprised, right? But with Tim Tebow, I will say this. If Tim Tebow becomes a starter, not just a starter, but he turns into Rob Gronkowski, I'm going back to church. Like, I have to go back to church at that point. If you think about it, Tim Tebow being a great NFL tight end is the best advertisement possible for all of religion. 100%. (laughs) One, it really is. I mean, put that on the brochure. God, God got me. He, I mean, he, you know, he, his, his sales pitch wasn't, it wasn't fantastic to me. It was kind of like, hey, bro, hey, I'm pretty much all you got at this point. I was like, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. But for people on that fence, Tebow doing anything. But if this dude becomes a starter, absolutely. Purchase will be full of parishioners. I mean, they'll be full. If I ever see Tim Tebow this season starting a tight end, stiff arm, hurdle, 150 yards and two touchdowns in a game, I don't know what to do with myself. I like. First of all, I'm not watching football. Football's fake at that point. (laughs) Football's fake at that point if Tim Tebow puts up 150 yards and two touchdowns in a game. (laughs) Like... Uh, okay, we can move on to the defense now. I just wanted to get Tebow time propaganda out the way. <laughs> oh, and I, and, and I, I want to bring up one comment. Garner Mitchell said this. I haven't taken a a crap in like three Ooh, weeks. I saw <laughs> so my mindset is not number two. I'm a. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not here Bars. for number two. Bars. <laughs> so, my man, listen, shout out to Gardner Minshew. <laughs> my yes. dude, bro. I don't care. I don't care Love what Gardner he Mitchell. does. I don't care what he does in the league. I I wish the Patriots would have went out and got him last year. I really oh, did. Man. I was sitting there going like this, going, that's a, you know what? That would be a good style gap. That would be a good one. Now you... You got some chances to win some games if you can cool out some of some of the not the antics, but some of the you know his uh, hair raising experiences on the field with some of his passes as a judgment. You can fix that a little bit. Josh McDaniels is one of the best at doing that. Gardner Mitchell would be a pretty decent quarterback. And I actually think that Bill Simmons backed me up on that, and you know I'm trying to chase down that cat anyway. <laughs> so. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what this see. It's going to be fun. Their offense is going to be fun. I do have one fantasy question to ask you, right? And this sure. is like way off topic. Mm-hmm. Is it still very um, regular that people take like their favorite college player because they saw him at college in fantasy oh. like way too early? Or whatever the case may be, is that still a thing, or are people getting a lot smarter about that? No, it's absolutely a thing. Um, not as much in my leagues, I will say, because I play in you know I play in hundred dollar buy in leagues, so we're not playing around. Um, but you'll see that straight cash in leagues with straight with, cash. yes, straight cash over. Uh, yeah, so you'll see it pretty commonly, and you'll also see guys that are you know homers for the local team. Listen, I live in Texas. You don't know how many times 
Des Bryant had been drafted like eight rounds too early. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Listen, like they're partially. Jason Witten got drafted last year. I just want you to know. Well, <laughs> like, well. Now here's the thing. So, so that's still a thing. So people will like uh, somebody will come out of let's say Georgia, right? And you know he'll be a wide receiver or whatever the case may be. And because that guy is a Georgia Bulldog fan. They'll draft that guy way too early. So, like, for people who are getting into fantasy this year, give them kind of like your Bible kind of um, – this is like a song, right? A s- Psalms, right? Give them just basic information on not falling in love with their favorite college player. Um, okay. So you got to look at it like this, right? Um, your favorite college player, when he goes to the NFL, is no longer on that college team. His situation is entirely different. You have to look at it based on what his new team and new situation is because he's not playing at USC or Georgia anymore. Um, and really, like, if I'm sitting with someone in a draft and they're like a USC fan and they want to take a USC player three grounds too early, I'm just going to be like, no, <laughs> don't do it. I mean, I guess you can because it's, it's, you know, you're there to have fun. But if you want to win, don't do it. That is called knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's get over to the defensive side of football for the Jags. Now, here's the thing. Miles Jack has had some injuries. Um, I don't know if he's still the player that he once was. Um, Josh Allen, I like a lot. Is is Kavion Chason going to take a step up this year? That's the other question. Um, Tavian Bryan is an undersized defensive tackle. Uh, if your linebackers are healthy, good dude. Not great against the run. Um, so give me like a breakdown of this defense because I'm looking at it right now and I'm going. Oh, the Malcolm Brown, the Malcolm Brown uh, situation as well. Shouts out to Malcolm Brown. He's still in the league. That's cool. So what do you think, Kyler, as far as their defense is concerned? Or is this a situation where, like, this year they kind of helped out the offense, and then next year they kind of help out the defense? All right. So Jacksonville defense, right? Jacksonville defense is not that good, right? Um, they put a lot of the focus into the offense. Um, so the defense is still kind of weak, but they made some additions. They drafted Andre Sisco at safety. Love that Solid. kid. Big hitter. Yeah, love him as a prospect. Um, Josh Allen is a pass rusher. Pretty good young pass rusher. He's got a lot of potential to break out. Um, but the secondary is still weak. I think they're still going to be pretty bad against the run. Um, so I'm really not high on this unit at all, really. Um, but it's not terrible. said that they would literally like this year they kind of focused in on the offense like in their high draft picks right and then in the on their defense that's next year right they're you know they're not I mean now with the entry in Indianapolis it throws the division a little bit more up in the air as far as CERN there might be a couple more winnable games you know for them but we weren't expecting them to make this, uh, you know, like from 
the first pick in the draft to, to get into the playoffs, that was probably not the aspiration we're kind of looking for out of them. Right. I agree. And I think how they're building this team is the right way because they're aware that they're still two to three years away from really making a push. And so they're just trying to, you know, fill some pieces with younger guys that they like and let them grow together similar to the receiving core, like I mentioned earlier. And so I think they know that the defense isn't going to be the building block of this team, but they're trying to establish who the forefronts of this defense is going to be, trying to figure out what their identity is going to be. Um, and so I like the direction they're going, but not necessarily the present um, for the defense. No, I'm with you. Ryan locks out with you. I think that, you know, this was kind of like, okay, we got gifted the number one pick by the New York Jets because for some reason at the end of the year, they tried hard and lost themselves the number one pick. We are lucky enough to get it. We have Trevor Lawrence. Great. Let's go ahead and add his teammate. Great. We got some pieces around him. We'll sign a free agent or two. And yeah, we're kind of trying to give the kids some pieces, right? And then next year is the defense. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's a lot where we were very offensive heavy this year in the draft. I think next year is going to be more balanced. And I think at the top of the draft, if I'm not mistaken, I, I want to say early big board type stuff, there's probably about in the top 10, there's probably at least five, six guys that are defensive guys that are difference makers. So there's like the defensive end out of Oregon. Um, I believe now uh, Stingley Jr. out of LSU is uh, eligible to come out next year. So there's a, there's a ton of talent coming out this year that's going to be interesting to watch college football just for that aspect. But, yeah, I think next year is when they kind of look at the defense and start uh, answering some of the questions there. I agree. I agree for sure. And, you know, I don't think the defense is good enough to really catapult them in the division. Um, but I think, yeah, next year's draft, I think it's going to be much more defensive-oriented. And the free agency as well, because a lot of their free agents were also to the offense. Um, I think making the offensive line even better and then defense are going to be their focuses uh, next offseason. See, Houston should be listening to this. Like, they should be going, like, okay, yes. next year. <laughs> yes, next year is their, is Jacksonville's year one, right? Next year is their Jacksonville uh, year one, and then Jacksonville will be in second year of rebuild. So, now with the, the team's out of the way. Let's start making predictions, right? Okay, Houston, it's going to be a tough year for you. If you get three wins out of this year, congratulations. I'm telling you right now. Um, one in 16 is not out of the – it's not out of the realm, honestly, to tell you the truth. But it's every given Sunday, so I'll go like this. I thought that Jets team was terrible last year. And they won some games, so I think I got you at like two and fifteen. Okay, you are tanking. Be good with that. Understand it. I understand 
Texas football is religion. But this year, watch some high school football. <laughs> watch some college football. Hell, I wouldn't even ask you to watch the Dallas Cowboys, but, you know, you're in Houston. You can watch some Saints football. But don't watch Houston. Just just let that go. Don't don't hurt yourself. Just, you know, next year. Next year for you. Um, All right. So what do you think about 2 and 15 Houston, Texas? Um, okay, so my prediction, right, there's two different ones, right? There's the world we live in now, and the, there's the world where Deshaun Watson actually plays some games, right? Um in the world we live in now, where we don't expect him to play at all this season, two and fifteen is my exact prediction, right? Okay. Um, if Deshaun Watson plays, um, and I don't think it'd be the full season. I think best case is he plays eight games, something like that. If he does play eight games, I think they can be four and thirteen. I think that's what I would go with for them, um, and not even because of like. Just because that's two games that Watson can win by himself, because he would have to win them by himself. Um, yes, sir. Houston's gonna suck. Uh, Houston slander, by the way, on on the way. I'm ready for Houston Texans Twitter to come at me. Um, but at the end of the day, the only way the city of Houston can win a championship in sports is by cheating or having Jordan retire. I just want to throw oh, that out there. Oh, that's. I just want to throw that out there. That's slander. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love the slander. Now. Let's go over to Jacksonville. Okay. Just because of what has gone on with the the late information with Carson Wentz. They do have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And there's some shootouts they can win. I had them early as like a... like a five to seven win team somewhere in there. I'm kind of still holding to it, but I'm kind of, they're going to get closer to the Zenith. Hmm. I think six and 11 is good for them. I, six and 11, seven and 10. I'm leaning more six and 11. I just wish they had more pieces on the defensive end. I think there will be, some growing pains for Trevor Lawrence, but I think there'll be some really exciting moments. I think there'll be some, a lot of explosive plays between him and his three wide receivers, and even even the backs, because Travis Etienne is special speed. He's shifty. I like him. Bubble screens for 85 yards. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, with that being said, if they have that type of jump, if they go to six to seven wins, that's a real W for that franchise. KC, what's your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I think that would be a big step forward for them. I think I'm lower on this team than uh, this season than you are. I was leaning somewhere in the four and thirteen to five and twelve direction. Um, not only because Trevor Lawrence could have some growing pains in the league. But because I think there's going to be a couple games where Urban Meyer has some growing pains as a coach in the NFL and gets outcoached in late game situations. Um, I think he'll go five and thirteen just based on the offensive talent, um, and they can win some shootouts like you said. Um, but I don't think you can be mad at five and thirteen. I think they're in the right direction. 
Yeah, we're struggling with the math in the NFL year, this this year so far because uh, we haven't got to the 18 game schedule. But five and twelve is about oh right, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Yeah, you know, I see it too. That's that was my thing. Like I, I think six wins. Like really, I went in the middle. Right, I was like Zena seven five. Right, I went in the middle six, six and eleven for me. Um, I understand. I mean, I'm not sold on Urban Meyer whatsoever. The only thing that I that I help that helps him is the bevel higher. You know, if bevel is is really having some sort of impact on implementation of offense, then I'm more higher on Trevor Lawrence and his his maturity as the season go, goes along. Oh, if this is the Urban Meyer show, yeah, 4 and 13 is where they're going to be. That is for sure. Cuz I'm just not sold on Urban. Um but you know what? Then you go right back into early draft pick, keep building your squad. I think I honestly, I have them with the Jets that, you know, they're on the uptick. Like, I think I like what they're doing. I like what they did this year. There is a plan. So I'm I'm buying early stock on Jacksonville. I don't, I don't like the Urban Meyer hire for a lot of personal reasons. And also... I don't know if he can coach at the NFL level. So that's where I'm at with them. But I see a lot of – do you see a lot of exciting games with them, though? For sure. For sure. All right. So let's move on to Indianapolis. Okay. it's The elephant is in the room. Carson Wentz is hurt again. And this – even before this preview, that was going to be my thing. Is he going to stay healthy? Well – Season hasn't even started yet, and he's not healthy. You got a terrific running back. T.Y. Hilton is still somewhat formidable, maybe. I'm a big fan of Michael Pittman Jr. I saw him at USC a lot, so um, it's it pains me to say that I think he's going to turn out to be pretty good. But who's throwing the football? Jacob Eason? Ellinger, somebody else. Can there be a Gar- Gardner Minshew trade now? Can we? Get- There's no way they trade him in division, but oh, that'd be great. Gardner Minshew. Oh my god, that'd be great. Um, the defense is okay. Um, Darius Leonard is a beast. I just don't know if they have enough pieces to keep that afloat. And I'll I'll do it this way. God, oh, this is this has to be like an eight nineteen. This th- it has to be now, like it it has to be eight nine is like best case scenario. Like I want to say seven to ten, like being real honest, but I like Reich and. He has some he he's able to kind of make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So I like Reich. I like what he does. I think he's underrated as a coach personally. So I'll give him eight and nine, but 
they're definitely not making the playoffs. No, I agree that they're not making the playoffs. And I'll go where where you at, uh where you won't go. I'm going seven and ten for this team. Gotta go seven and ten. Um they're just uh they're not that good. <laughs> like they have a lot of holes. They have a lot of holes. Um so yeah, I agree. I think there was a point with Carson Wentz where it was the Embers Tennessee competing for the lead in the division. Um but now I feel like it's pretty clear cut. Yeah, I mean Indianapolis. I mean they, they just been snake bit at quarterback. I mean, you know you you. I mean, look fortunate, right? You go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, and all seems to be well. And then they didn't have an offensive line around that kid for the longest time. And then they got one, and my man retired because he was just. Too beaten up. Then you kind of lucked up into Philip Rivers last year, old man Rivers. And but you knew that was there there was a ceiling on that. And you knew there was a shelf life on that situation. And then they went out, they went out and got Carson Wentz. And I didn't I didn't like it at the beginning. And I hate to say it because of the fact that you just don't want anybody to get injured. You know, you, you're not rooting for that. But if if any if Colts fans did not see this coming, well, shame on you. Shame on you if you thought for some reason that this guy was just going to be the epitome of health when he's not shown it throughout his career. So shame on you. I mean, I know it's a damper on your season. I understand that you have playoff aspirations. I know that you might have even thought, hey, if we can pull everything together and cobble everything together and maybe we get a couple breaks our way, we can find ourselves in an AFC championship game. I hear it all from you, Indy. I know what you're all about. But if you really thought for one second that Carson Wentz was going to play 17 football games, you were out of your mind. Agreed. So I guess we can move on to the Tennessee Titans, and literally they're going to win this division by default. Tyler, I mean, Casey, I know that sounds like slander. You call it what it is. Here's the thing. Bro, I'm a, I'm gonna just be real. I'm a, I'm gonna go year two. Saying I, I might sound like Skip Bayless. I, I, I hate to sound like somebody like that. That's so. All right, here's my take. You tell me if I'm wrong. They're going, they're going with the same old, same old. Derrick Henry a lot. Play action pass. Hopefully our defense will be halfway decent. We're gonna win the division by default. They're ten and seven, maybe eleven and six, but this team is going nowhere in the playoffs. Nowhere. Right, um, man. We've been on the same page this whole episode. Ten and seven was my prediction. Um, great minds think alike, I guess. Yeah, ten and seven, and I agree that when they do make the playoffs by default, you can call it slander if you want, but it's fact. That's fact. Um, Mickey Mouse playoff spot 
you know. <laughs> like they're gonna get bounced by like the Chargers. You know, they're gonna get bounced by somebody like that. It's nuts to me. Like I'm sitting here going like this, going, I mean, Arthur Smith is gone. Yes, there's still continuity in that offense because they're gonna be running the same stuff, but it's predictable. I mean, you have a superhuman in your running back, which is Derrick Henry, and I've seen this before, okay? And I'll tell you where I've seen it. There's many times on this podcast that I talk about how old I am. But you go back to Los Angeles Ram, Eric Dickerson days, and let me tell you something. They did the exact same thing to him. They ran him into the ground. He never had a good enough quarterback. Their defense was good, but not great. And it wasn't solid in certain areas. They would be either a wild card team or they would be a division winner by like default, depending on what the West was like. They might get lucky in the wild card game and win. And then they get to the division round and get bounced. This is the pattern for the Tennessee Titans unless they make some sort of changes next year. But have fun with your playoff run that will be short-lived, Tennessee. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, by the way, one quick note, uh, because you were talking about the Rams team and you said they never had a good enough quarterback. What we're not going to do is slander Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is solid. I like Ryan Tannehill a lot. Listen. <laughs> okay. He is showing me something moving on from Miami. Okay? I understand. Listen, you, hey, if you can survive in the sleep 10-plus years at the quarterback position, most of it starting, you a man. I got no problem with that. The offense is basic. Everybody knows what's going on. It's four year it's four yards for Derrick Henry. It's four yards for Derrick Henry. And then it's third and two. We have the option to give it to Derrick Henry again or play action pass. Tell me that's not the offense. No, it is the offense for sure. But Tannehill executes it very well. Tannehill to me is one of the best game managers in the NFL. Um, he's an, he's an above average quarterback, I would say. Um, you know, you can't really slander him for having Adam Gase as his head coach for a number of years. So, I'm higher on Tannehill, I think, than you. I like Tannehill a lot. Well, I mean, here's the thing: he's only going to be able to do what he can do within the confines of the offense. If the confines of the offense are saying that first down run, second down run, third down, if we're at a third two, we're probably going to run, or we're going to go play action pass. Right? I'm not mm-hmm. slandering him. This is called play calling. <laughs> you know, this is this is what it is. Right? They have a physical offensive line. They got a physical back. Yes, you should use that. But man, oh man, not having that 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 kind of X factor at tight end makes a huge difference. That makes a difference to those wide receivers, what kind of routes they can run, um, what what sort of like double routes they can run, option routes. If you have somebody controlling the middle of the field, 
it just opens up your offense so much more. And I just, I, I just don't see it. I, I just don't see it. It's ten and seven, and it, literally, like I said, they're gonna get bounced. And you know, prove me wrong again, Tennessee. Listen, y'all beat at your chest. You know, you got out. You know, you you did well last year. Great. Well, prove it to me again, because this is what I got for you. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe there's a trade or maybe there's a, a, a late free agent signing that makes that team a lot better. You know, I'm again, I'll say it again. If they're not looking for a tight end, Kyler, then I don't know what is going on in Tennessee. I have no idea what's going on in Nashville if they're not, like, just scouring the waiver wire for, like, this untapped, like, potential good tight end with good hands. Uh, I mean, I guess from what I've heard, I think they're pretty high on Anthony Ferks to actually step in and take in a big role. Could they get another tight end to have more of that rotation that they had last year? Sure. Um, but I don't think they're as desperate as people would think just by looking at the depth chart. I mean, I get it. I mean, that this is where this is the only part of the podcast that we are like, you're zigging and I'm zagging on them. Um, right. I just, again, I just, I see a ceiling and I don't think, I don't even think with development that ceiling gets higher. They just have to get more. Either be really good on defense, like Baltimore good, like a ways back, not in the last couple of years, because I think they've been living off reputation alone. I'll tell you a good defense that they should model themselves to be. They're going to need a lot more players to do it. San Francisco, right? If you got a really just just thumper in the backfield, if you had San Francisco's defense, now we're talking about a whole other hemisphere where they can do Right, for sure. And I mean, like, it's funny that you say that because they went out and got DeForest Buckner and he can be that foundational. Uh, or No, we're not talking about the Colts. I'm a fucking idiot. Okay, we're talking about the Titans. Titans defense, yeah, Titans defense nowhere close. <laughs> right. I was thinking about the 49ers. I was thinking about their talent in the Forest Buckingham division, whatever. Um, Titans are nowhere close as far as the defense to uh, to the 49ers. But I think that's a good defense to model themselves after. Um, you know, they've got Caleb Farley as a foundational corner, which I guess can be their Richard Sherman the last couple of years. Richard Sherman obviously isn't there anymore, but you're hoping it can step in and be that and be there for longer than Sherman was in San Francisco. Um, haven't found your Fred Warner yet. You've got to nope. find that. Nope. Haven't nearly found a Nick Bosa. Nope. Um, not even close. And you haven't even really, you're hoping Jeffrey Simmons can kind of be that Eric Armstead in the middle of the defense um, or the DeForest Buckner. Um, he might be the closest thing to that. I mean, he's not, but he's, He's closer than anything else that we talked about. Like their middle, they have no Fred Warner, right? Zero. Um, and they do not have a Bosa. Nothing close, right? They really don't. Um, so I think that's a good model. Um, and you're right for sure that they have a ceiling, and that they need more to pass that ceiling 
their team's in a weird spot in terms of their guys. It feels like they obviously have their identity on offense, but on defense, they're not quite sure where they want to go. And so these next couple of years might be some rough patches of we're still going to be good in the regular season, but we're trying to figure out what tweaks we can make to really make a push in the playoffs. Um, but this like uh, this transition period usually doesn't lead to success for teams. And so I agree that the ceiling for the season is pretty capped, but they win the division by default. So congratulations, Tennessee. Congratulations to the Tennessee Titans. You win the AFC South. Yes. Because you're going to be the only team above 500. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Casey, let's hit one newsworthy situation that happened this week. Aaron Rodgers is in Packer camp. How's it going? <laughs> My man's Man. press conference was so great. Awesome. This might have been one of my favorite press conferences of all time. And it was so Aaron Rodgers like brand and what I think of the guy totally because it was just special. It was so stellar. <laughs> So my man steps up to the podium and says, you know, I'm back and, you know, I'm committed to the team this year, this year. This year. Uh, you know, I thought that uh, as a reigning MVP and, and somebody I thought that the franchise value, that I could lend my services to attracting free agents because – Let's face it, Green Bay is not a va vacation destination. Hashtag vacation destination. <laughs> it was great, man. Great. Um, and there was one part of this press conference, by the way, that went kind of overlooked, and I want to see if you picked up on it, right? He was talking about the positives of the team, right? And he was like, yeah, I love the players. Yep. And he goes, I love – the organ, uh, and he was about to say organization, and then he stopped himself and said, love the fans, and moved on. That's right. Like, hey, he, oh, and yep. that's a troll for sure. Dude, Has he knew be. exactly what he was doing. He knew he was going to even cut it off in the middle. Like, that's him. Like, that was calculated. That wasn't even, that wasn't, oh, oh, I love my teammates. I love the organ. I love the fans. Like, that wasn't <laughs> one of those slips. It was, no, I'm going to say this, half say it, and take it back. And that was a shot to Brian Gunkus. You are a clown. I don't respect you. And pretty much, I'm going to trash you all year, bro. All year. <laughs> you go get so this great. <laughs> Loved it. And I know you love some Brian Goodencut slander. I know you. So you were loving it probably even more than me. But I love that press conference. Love me some Aaron Rodgers. Love a petty quarterback. Petty quarterbacks are great. Petty quarterbacks are fantastic. Just dudes that get a little bit older seem to have that kind of like, like I don't care anymore. Just fuck it. I won't say what I want. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, whatever. 
I'm not, I don't need to hold anything back. Yeah, I'm the best, by the way. Reigning MVP. Check the resume if you didn't know who I was. You know, as one of my most favorite philosophers said, KC, it's me. <laughs> Shouts out to my boy Keyshawn. Yes, that's Keyshawn. I'm that guy. <laughs> okay? And that's what Aaron was flexing yesterday. I mean, here's the deal. They're talented enough. He's enough of a prick to to just say, you know what? I'm going to lead you to a Super Bowl and bounce. <laughs> yeah, man. <Whew. laughs> That'd be wild if he went to the Super Bowl and then dips and pulls a Kawhi letter. That'd be... Oh, man. Green Bay, you're welcome. It's on to Las Vegas. <laughs> Las Vegas? You mean New England, first of all. <laughs> oh, also, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that the, the, the Mac Jones era had ended. Oh, yeah, we're trading McCorkle to the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see the... the uh, the Jordan Love Mac Jones quarterback competition <laughs> next year. It'll be great. It'll be great. I promise. Can can I can I just offer like a, another little like little sweetener to it? Yes. How come I still feel that Belichick is going to get picks back and get Aaron Rodgers? Oh, he'll find a way, and we'll find a way to give you Nikhil Harry in a third, and we get Devontae Adams. Oh, like. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, Green Bay fans, listen, you better cherish what you got up there, bro. Take a lot of pictures. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the newspaper articles, if you still read those things, screenshots, whatever you need to do. Because your boy is going to play one year. And he's going to do all that he can. And they're probably going to be the the North champion of the NFC. I know Momo's gonna be mad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. We're spoiler alert. We're probably gonna be doing the NFC North in a couple weeks here. But uh, yeah, man, I'm sitting here going. When he had that press conference, I was like, "This is gonna be the greatest." It was all of what you thought Aaron Rodgers was. Yes. Calculate it. Low-key troll and an asshole. Yes. Yeah. It was great. All of I loved it. every second of it. I was like, perfect. I'm good. I like my man's do. It it literally looked like he came off a beach. Like he like I said, he's been strumming a ukulele singing T Swift bangers for like weeks Bang. now, bro. He's going to like tropical islands and jumping off waterfalls and shit with his with his with his lady. You know? Like this guy has not cared. He even made it a point, said, I wasn't at OTAs. And I wasn't at minicamp. Didn't really feel too bad about that at all. <laughs> yep. I mean, anytime you stick a microphone in front of an athlete, I mean, you pray for things like this. You pray for it, right? And we always get the canned answers, right? 
that's one of the reasons why I like LeBron is kind of like, you know, people kind of are, are, are down on them, right? Is because you get the corporate answer. You get the corporate answer. Now, it's worked for him. He's done well, whatever. But Aaron Rodgers gave you everything you wanted. Everything. And I can just see Brian Gutenka's face on the side, right? He's probably sitting there going like this. When he said organize, and I could see his eyes beam up. Like, he's, <laughs> he's back in. I knew the excuse. I knew the excuses would work. I knew it would. I knew I was smart. And then he went, oh, it was done. Slayed him without even saying it, not one word about him. I mean, that's yep. about as good as it can possibly get. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. We talked about a lot of stuff. I hope you got some fantasy tips. And Kyler, what are you doing fantasy-wise this week? Uh, well, I'm recording my AFC South fantasy preview. That's coming out this week. We're on the same page, on the same wavelength, if you will. Um, so I'm excited to give you that fantasy perspective on the entire division. I gave you a couple notes, but if you want to see the whole division, fantasy dreams, check it out. It's just going to be 45 minutes of me talking about how Derrick Henry is 10 times better than the rest of the division and Tebow propaganda. <laughs> so I'm excited. Oh, it's going to be Tebow. I might, you know, I might sneak in on that one. I might, I might find my way into that. I don't know. I'm going to find a way to tell you that Tim Tebow is going to do better than George Kittle this season. I can't wait. I'll find a way. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Also, uh, programming note, keep in mind, as we get closer to the end of August, Kyler uh, is probably going two times a week. I think it will be like – I think what we're going to do is we'll start it like the week before, right? The week before the uh, season starts? Yes. Okay. So there's going to be a Fantasy Dreams on Tuesday that will wrap up the week, and there'll be a Fantasy Dreams on Thursday that'll get you set up for your week and get you your drops and your ads and your sleepers and your one-time pickups and who you can be looking at as far as trade value who's not valuing certain people or whatever the case may be, who you might think have like a second half upside, Kyler does it all. And remember, he did give you one tip, and I'll say this again. For you guys who are starting fantasy like the first time or the second time, don't fall in love with your favorite college dude or your local guy just because he's your guy. You got to look at it like a GM. You got to look at it like a talent evaluator. And you got to put the team together the best way possible to win so you can be in the money because we don't want you to end up having to take a picture of yourself in some sort of stupid, like, furry costume drinking tea, like, on your lawn. Don't do it. Don't be that guy, okay? Don't be the guy that has to wash all the other guys' cars in your league. Don't be that guy. Facts. I don't want anybody out there to be in last place. Only first. We only say, hey, and Jameis Winston, eating W's, you know, 
that's what we do around here. Eating so. W's and crab legs. Crab legs and eating W's. W's and crab legs, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So now we're gonna go ahead and wrap this show up. Uh first and foremost, again, I wanna just uh shout out everybody who came in. Last night we had a NBA draft viewing party special. Uh it was great. We had a lot of good energy, a lot of great moments and stuff like that. I might piece those moments together and then put it into like a podcast separately. I don't know when that will drop, but I'm going through the uh, the audio now to do that. Um, this is going to drop soon, so you don't have to worry about that. Kyler's going to drop his pod tomorrow. You don't have to worry about that. And then the, here's the deal. We have a we have a no doubt about it person or company or entity of the week. You know what? I hate to home, but I'm going to do it again. You know, shout out to the whole QPPN family. You know, they showed up. They showed out yesterday. Um, everybody's been working super hard. So, shouts out to Nico. Shouts out to Kyler. Shouts out to our newest member, Ava. She is yes. now part of the QPPN family. And if you are saying, well, who is Ava? If you go to our YouTube page, QP Sports, the last fantasy preview, she's on the back end of it doing the voiceover work and telling you to click click the links below. So she's going to be doing other aspects in uh, in the family, um, moderation when we do live events and things of that nature. And when we are, there might be some blogs and some other stuff coming, but you know, there's no pressure on her. We, I told her that. So I want to thank her. Uh, wow. We actually got like help from like Tony Schwartz. That guy was awesome yesterday, Kyler. Shout out to Tony Schwartz. Yeah, he's great. He's great. And even Evan came in and gave us the, I want to say one of the moments of the night. Josh <laughs> Primo for San Antonio got picked. Ev- Shouts out to Evan. That was great. He came in. He was talking in the chat about, you know, his team is trash. And we thought he was a Kings fan because Davion Mitchell had gotten picks about five minutes prior. And he goes, no, it's worse. He comes up on stage. We're like, Evan, what's going on, man? And he goes, who the fuck is Josh Primo? (laughs) Max. And we also got to check on Patrick again today. Uh, Shouts out to Patrick. Uh, Patrick is kind of He's part of the family. We're still trying to figure out a role as, as far as that's concerned. But he is involved in stuff, and uh, Patrick's a good guy. He was also part of the uh, draft pre, uh, draft party last night, and his reaction to the Sacramento Kings and Davion Mitchell was absolutely stellar. So I can't wait to see if I can piece this together and put something out. It's going to be great. Um so shouts out to all you guys. You guys worked real hard. I was I was proud of you guys. You guys did excellent. Um, and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna send you guys off. And how we're gonna send you off is how we send you off all the time. Listen, take care of yourself. Make sure you're good. Make sure you're settled, and everything is centered with you. Okay, because if you're not doing that, you can't help all your loved ones around you, all the people you care about. Then once you're centered and ready to go, you know, appreciate the people around you that get you to that place, that support and love you, 
and give you positivity and keep you going, right? Give them some appreciation. When you step outside your door, be a good neighbor. You know, wave hello, you know, give a smile, you know, maybe a couple minutes of chatter or whatever the case may be. And here's the other thing. If you can, donate some time at a, uh, you know, just a good organizational locally, you know what I'm saying? Um, You know, people helping out people who are less fortunate, soup kitchens, missions, um, even shelters, things of that nature. Um, Anytime those people can see a friendly face is always good because, you know, they haven't had a lot of people who have said, hey, you know, there are brighter days ahead for you. And that little pick me up, you don't know what it means to that person. So I would say do that. And if you don't have the time to do that, donate some cash to some of these worthwhile organizations. Um, A lot of them work on donations only as far as that's concerned. So if you can, if you're blessed enough that, you know, God is taking care of you or whatever the case may be, if you have some little extra income, donate it. It'll make you feel good. It'll definitely make a difference in somebody's life. All right, KC, anything else that you need to plug, any big announcements that you want to give, like, you know, I, I no, I'm not going to say it. I, I was going to, I was going to troll. I'm not going <laughs> to leave him alone. I'm going to leave him alone. Oh, <laughs> okay. I got what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave him alone. All right. Anything that we need to, uh, to get to at the end? We're good? Uh, I got my Tebow propaganda out the way, so I think we're good. All right, Tebow Forever, that's coming up on Fantasy Dreams. We might even title it that. Um, look out for that. That'll drop tomorrow. And you guys be safe. Have a great weekend. Send them off, KC. Peace out, everybody. See you all next week. Late. Bye. <laughs>